welcome y'all. It's my favorite podcaster, Donna D and the Urban Mommy Podcast. Make sure y'all subscribe and share, tell a friend, and hit that bell to keep up with the latest updates, because you don't want to miss what my girl got to say. I'm just saying. <laughs> the Urban Mommy Podcast. Let's go. Hello everyone, this is your girl Donna D, aka the Urban Mommy, and I'm back with another podcast. Today I am joined by John Kimball, and we have a really, really good show today. Today we are going to be talking about John and his wonderful story, and the title is from the Psych Ward in Felonisa Fitness Trainer. So John has a remarkable story, and he is going to share it all with you today. So welcome, John. Hey, how's it going? Hi, would you like to introduce yourself to everybody? Of course, yeah. I'm John Kimball, um, 18, young, but as I always say, I don't believe in age and numbers. I believe in age and wisdom because ultimately, I mean, I'm raised in Simsport, Louisiana, you know, um, adopted. Uh, my, my descendants is actually Cuban, but I'm raised in Louisiana, but yeah. Okay, what part of Louisiana again? Simsport, Louisiana, like Evolves Parish, like okay. near Baton Rouge, about an hour or so away from there, yeah. Okay, I'm in New Orleans, so that's not too far. Oh, okay, yeah. All right, cool. All right, so you have a lot going on, so where, I don't even know where we should start. <laughs> the beginning, where it all started at first. I mean, it all started first, it was just, I mean, I've always been raised in, a, like I said, a Christian-based home, but... It was really, it was my friend whose big brother was like the, the biggest known drug dealer in the city. And I started hanging out with his little brother. And ultimately that influenced me down that path. I got so influenced, you know, I just wanted to be involved in that lifestyle and show, prove myself to them. So we just got in a lot of gang violence and stuff. Just got a bunch of fights and shit like that. And then ultimately that led down to the dope dealing and the drugs and then robbing houses to get money for drugs and it just started a whole life of crime so how old were you when when that was going on about 15 16 it was like two years ago yeah two three two three years ago actually when all that started happening okay so you were selling using yeah, yeah, so that's what I was saying. I was saying, like, it happened, like, two, three years ago quick, but I've just transcended self so much because ultimately, like, if you haven't experienced the lowest of lows, you can't really experience the highs of highs. It's like the law of polarity. And, yeah, basically, I just, like, I would sell. I was actually doing what I was selling. I would sell, like, perks mainly and Zans. It was, like, pills, um, narcotics, and... The crazy thing was, it's like you sell to these students, and then you also sell to their mothers. It's just all, it's just all crazy. But then, um, yeah, and I was also doing that, and I was actually really on hooked on alcohol. And one night, me and my friend was out one night drinking, and we crossed over this dude's property. And one thing led to another. I started threatening them and everything, threatening to kill them. And then they had to put me in a fifty-one fifty hold, which was like a psych ward for. 
a couple days and it was they put me in like a isolation room away from the others because of how addicted I was to that alcohol and they would observe me through a window for like every five minutes they would come and check on me and shine a flashlight in my eyes and then always slam that metal door and I would sleep on like a paper thin mat but and I always say in that time which was I was by myself isolated was when I reflected more because when you travel alone you reflect most so I really dug deep into all my flaws and took accountability for all my wrongdoings and that's when I really transcended self was when I was able to reflect on the past and create the 10.0 version of myself through my habits and self-talk all right and I mean this was two years ago so you were still still young oh of course yeah the the mental health for for children is a little different so how is the how was the care how was it you know oh it was good and I mean I went to Vermilion so it's not like it wasn't as bad as well it is kind of as bad as Brentwood it depends on what block you go on but I was on the the A-wing so it really wasn't as bad but it was just a lot of a lot of like isolation and really the care over there the care over there is good like I said it just depends what wing you're on I, luckily I was on the, the wing that was good and but it's always like that fear still instilled within you because any moment you can get transferred and swapped out and of course if you go to let's just say like e-wing they're not gonna accept you as much as they do over here because you're from a different side. And then when you're crossing paths in the lunchroom and all that, in the uh, rec room and stuff like that, it's like, <laughs> you know, everybody gives weird looks and shit like that. And because the two wings, they don't go. Like, they don't, they don't, they're not friends with each other. So. Right. Okay. So I, I see that you call yourself a sociopath. Where does that come from? Right, so I this is what I always believe in, right? I never labeled myself as any of those mental disorders. I believe that I was participating in the actions at that time that maybe caused me to be diagnosed as a sociopath, but I don't believe ultimately that I'm always labeled as one. But, I mean, I was, like I said, I got arrested for like a couple felonies, I don't know, like possession of a deadly weapon, possession of stolen goods, possession of illegal drugs, fleeing from police, breaking and entering, stuff like that. So, obviously, as a sociopath, Normally, they have criminal like a background, criminal past, and just all the manipulation and lying I was doing, and the alcohol consumption, the pills, everything like that. That's what labeled me as one at the time being. But like I said, anybody can be labeled as that if they do partake in the actions that would label them as one. As of now, I'm not because my habits and actions are strictly aligned to the person that I want to become in the future. So... Okay. So when you were when you were out there and you were actually doing those things, do you think you did it because you were kind of being a follower or because you just wanted to do those things? No, I always loved the adrenaline rush and I always wanted to do those things. But ultimately, I was hooked on. I always wanted that next high. So, I mean, like I said, we would I would rob that house. I robbed that house like three times in one day because I wanted the money for the drugs we were uh, going to purchase that night. But he had drugged in his house, so we didn't do that. But that's what ultimately led me to do that type of stuff. Right, because, you know, okay. Um, What exactly was it? What happened that made you 
change your life. Well, I saw all the pain I was causing everybody. And, you know, if you release negativity, you get it back in. Everything you wish to receive in yourself is needed to be given externally onto others. So if you give out negativity, that's exactly what you're going to get back in. So I realized that I was giving that out to everyone else and it caused so much pain to them. And that really caused pain to me back in return. And that's another reason why I had to get put in the psych unit. I mean, I tried to take my life twice. It was just painful because that I was getting neglected by my people because I was neglecting them. So that's really the moment when I changed, especially when I woke up off of the couch on a bad hangover. It was like, I just drank some alcohol, smoked some weed, popped some pills or something. And I woke up and in the psych ward, they wanted to get me therapists, meds, and they wanted to send me to rehab and all this stuff. And I was like, no, I don't need that shit. I said, the only thing I needed to do was look in that accountability mirror and hold myself accountable for all my wrongdoings and everything I was doing wrong. And the moment I did that, and the moment I took that accountability and accused myself for everything, instead of looking for an outlook to blame others for my own shit that I caused, that's when I really changed. I just, so right when I woke up off of the couch, I ran five miles and my self-talk was directly aligned because I was boxing at the time, but I ran five miles and my self-talk was directly aligned with the person that I wanted to become. So like I always say and preach all the time, like peak physical performance, intense physical action, getting your heart rate up will always put you in that higher frequency, alleviating any negative mindset that causes past regressions, which leads to depression or future anxiety of, you know, these imaginary evils that may never happen. How were you in school? Wait, say that again. How were you doing in school? Oh, horrible. <laughs> no, how horrible. We had horrible teachers, though, so that's why I passed. They made us pass anyway, luckily. Um, I mean, I really wasn't. I was drug dealing in school. I wasn't really actually doing any schoolwork. I was too busy doing that. And, I mean, I would. it would be so fucking bad to the point where I would be taking pills in class and people would think I'm overdosing because I would just, like, like pass out in the chair. But, uh, yeah, it was just bad. But, luckily, that school was also bad. So... I passed anyway. They made it pass because we really didn't have any teachers. Wow. <laughs> wow. I'm And I'm asking you, and I'm actually glad I'm having this conversation with you because I have a son and he's 17 right now. And we, we're literally, I went through this with him last year and he, he kind of stopped, but he's not completely stopped. So he's going through this with you, but I'm just, I'm, admiring you for like finishing so fast but like this is it's amazing that you that you have turned over you know you're doing so well and you're on you're 18 and you you know you're doing really well for yourself so i know a lot of people you know probably don't i don't know if they tell you or not but congratulations because it's a it's a big accomplishment to turn your life around it takes people a long time to to do that so when you when you said your parents and your people were like leaving you up and you felt abandoned, how did that make you feel when they turned their back on you? Well, it actually made me realize that what I was doing was fucking stupid. Because the more they try to give me compassion, and the more they was like my parents, my mom and my dad, the more they were like, you know, it was okay, which they never did. They always gave me the compression I needed, which ultimately led me to change. 
that's really what led me to change because the moment I got arrested, like they made me sleep on the floor in front of them and all this stuff. And you know, my dad, he was like a commercial fisherman. So he made me get up like three, four in the morning and then go fish with him and all that stuff, just living harder. And it all, it, it just changed me. And it really made me have more gratitude really putting that compression in me because instilling compassion, that's not what I needed. You know, I was always already too compassionate on myself because a depressed person is the most selfish person out there because their self-talk is all about them. So the moment they actually was very compressionate on me, it was like, look what you're doing to your mom. Like she was like crying, like bawling her eyes out. She had to get on medication because of how stressed she was with everything I was doing. And then she was just all confused finding the, the bags of of the narcotics with the price tags on them and everything and the alcohol in my closet all that stuff you know so the moment and if she acted bad and she was like like I said trying to give me compassion I wouldn't feel like I wouldn't feel for her or anything but the moment she gave me compression that's what really made me uh realize that what I was doing like I said was just stupid and there was no reason to do that okay so Explain the difference, the way in your eyes, the first the compression. Right. So instead of instead of my mom or dad being like, "Oh, it's okay to feel this way," like it's okay to be this way. Um, you know, we'll get you some help and stuff like that. Instead of being like that, it was like, like you know, you selfish bitch. Look what you're doing to everybody else. Like you're. They didn't say that, but that, that's. That's what I was assuming. That's what I needed was like, like, look what you're doing to your mother. You know, she's in tears crying. And then I never saw my dad ever cry before. But the moment when he found out I was doing all of that stuff, he started crying. And I was like, damn, like, that's um, like, I never seen him cry before. And I was so messed up. I mean, I was telling my mom, I was like, I don't care about y'all's feelings, though, because at that time, I honestly, I do. And people, especially teens at that age, do. We all do. But I masked it and act like I didn't. But I always did. And I always saw the pain I was causing to her. And that did have an effect on me. And But I couldn't really wake up and realize it if she kept putting that compa- com- compassion on me that I needed. The moment she was like, and my dad was like, just like, there was yelling at me, cursing at me. The one time we was on a phone call, me and my dad was my mom. And I didn't, I just simply didn't say, like, I love you back to her. And my dad got on my ass. He was like, so you really don't love your mom? And then I was like, oh, shit. And I was like, so the next phone call, I did say it. Because if he was like, if he didn't say anything, I wouldn't have never changed or did anything about it. But that's what just the difference is. It's just the hard truths is what I needed. The hard truths. Right. Okay. I like that. So it's like, because I'm I'm almost to the point where, like I said, I, I noticed, I don't think he's, he's with the pills anymore i don't think i don't think he's he's still dealing with the pills but i mean he's kind of messing around in school but i'm like why wait till you get to your senior year to just start messing around like you're almost finished you got five months left like why do that i'm almost to the point where i'm like whatever i don't even care this is your life you want to blow it go ahead and blow it because i'm just tired of being stressed out you know you get tired you know as a parent so how do you feel as a child, like looking back now, how do you feel when people are hard on parents? 
when their children act out? Because I, it's, it's not always the parents' fault. It's not always the child's fault. So how do you feel when people are hard on parents when their children act out? I was about to exactly say that. I was about to say, it's never the parents' fault. My mom did everything in her fucking power to do to do all what she could for me. But I never changed, even though how hard, despite how hard her and my dad tried. I even told them, like, y'all are trying too hard. But it was because... One, the universe puts me on a path, or when God puts you on a path like that, somebody like me, we feel obligated to go down that path and follow down that, and it feels like it's our purpose. So we're not gonna listen to what they say, no matter what. We have to experience that. Some people won't change no matter how much you do for them. No matter how much you try to change them, they can only change themselves when they realize it. And for me, I had to get arrested. I had to go to the psych ward to actually get in those type of places to realize, oh shit, I do not want to do this. I had to go down that path and realize that. And like for some people, you can, you some people can just be told like, hey, this is not the right way. Look at my fuck ups and learn from them. And then they'll learn from it. But me, I couldn't do that. You know, I had to go on that path. That path was needed. They can't do anything about it no matter how hard they try. They tried hard, but if that path is really meant for me to go down, there's nothing they can do. It's not their fault. They're doing an amazing job, but it's needed to happen. You can't stop something that God has set out for you or the universe has, whatever you believe in has set out for you. It has to happen. It's determined and destined to happen like our death. You can't stop, you can't stop somebody from dying. It's the same thing with that. You can't stop them from going down that path. They have to learn and ultimately change themselves and get that aha moment and that self-transcendence and find it within that's true so when kids when kids get in trouble and parents try to intervene should they intervene or should the, should the parents let the child go through whatever like you know when you got arrested should the parents try to mortgage their house to get an attorney to get them off or what what do you think no uh, this is what i think so right when i got arrested they did the perfect thing i mean um, so they, they didn't just completely like leave me out to the streets or anything and let me like go to jail and stuff, but you know, they addressed the problem obviously in the compression type way, which really made me realize and think about it, whether as if they were just like, didn't care or like I said, compassionate, didn't care about it as much, but no, they really addressed it like, like very directly. And it was like, this is what you did. This is the pain you caused. And like, this is the outcome of your choice that you just made. And now you have to deal with it. So, and then I, I mean, that's really what worked. And I dealt with it. But I do believe at, at like when it's first starting off, that's good to do. Like they paid or, and I had to pay actually myself a lot of money. And then they paid a lot to get me out of jail and stuff. So I think that's maybe needed at first, but if it keeps going and continuing, like I said, there's no stopping it. You just have to let it happen and you just have to let, like you've done all you could. You know, the more you try to push forward, the further they're gonna go away. So that, at least for me, that's in my perspective. And so later on down the line, if it keeps happening repetitively over and over again, and you're like, fuck, they're gonna learn eventually. Like, especially if they go to a place like that, then they're gonna wake up quick and realize. But it's this is all it is. It's you have to do the internal work. They have to know. You have to like 
really it's like the law of exposure once you're exposed to something there's no going back so when they exposed me to what i done the problems i caused and what may can happen later down the line like john if you keep going down this path you're gonna end up in prison for the rest of your life you're gonna be fucked up you don't want to go there and then i was like oh shit maybe i don't want to go there so i was just exposed to the outcome of my situation and that that's made me never want to go back to any of those decisions the first time that you were arrested and went to jail how was it well i was just this is what happened i was the the gang warden saw me on the full it was like a huge bag or something so he chased me and we went on like 10 15 minute chase i hopped off the full wheeler and and I actually wanted to go to jail. I was laughing the whole time during the chase. And I was like, oh, fuck yes, I'm finally going to jail. But, and I actually wanted to go. But like I said, um, but anyway, yeah. I got on the fool, I hopped off, I ran. I had like the gun in one hand and the box of drugs in the other hand. And then I just threw it. And then he told me to get down on my knees. I got down and I got arrested. And then he took me in this, I was actually sitting right over there. He took me. In the, in the same shed and all my people live close to me so they all came around so the guy that I robbed though I mean we were specific on who we who, who we robbed and stole from so he didn't press charges we knew he wouldn't and he didn't so I mean I really didn't go to jail or anything that that night or nothing okay and and I guess Sometimes that's why a lot of kids happen to, you know, they reoffend because they never really see the the, the consequences. Yes, yeah, so of course, yeah, that is true. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, yeah, because even though I didn't see the consequence of like going into jail or prison or something, like I said, I still realized and got exposed to the truths of that could happen. And I just realized and knew myself that what I was causing was something like greatly harming to them. And I was just like, damn, so this is all what I'm causing to my people. And I saw the pain I was causing to them. And like I said, I got exposed to the outcome of my situations and that just made me not want to go down that path anymore. Right, so that's good. So how did you, how did you stop your addiction? Like I said, I stopped it from uh, looking in that, like they wanted to send me to a therapist, put me on meds, and send me to rehab. They even they was like telling my parents about like pushing them to do that because they was like this kid needs help, and I was just refusing and refusing. So, <clears throat> I mean, obviously, uh, when I got out, I was still getting on stuff, but the moment that changed, like I said earlier, was when I got off the couch off of that bad hangover. This was after the psych ward. I got. I jumped off the couch over the bad hangover and I ran into the mirror and then I just took accountability for myself because and I, I stayed busy working towards a greater purpose through myself and getting my nutrition right, my fitness right. This is why I practice and preach my program because it saved my life because the boredom leads to desires, leads to vices. So if you're bored all the fucking time, if you're never doing anything progressively working towards the future, you're ultimately going to get idle. And the idle, an idle mind is the devil's playground. So that's what was happening to me. So the moment 
I got up off the couch and worked towards a better purpose, a greater purpose like myself, getting my nutrition and training dialed in and everything, and really talking to myself in a manner of who I wanted to become and the person I wanted to be, which was John Kimball, free of addiction and vices. And I participated in the acts that would attain that individual. And I just kept working towards myself. And ultimately, that's what dropped the drink and all of that. And that's what I do in my program for others. It's the same exact thing. I just get their nutrition and training right and make them work on a greater purpose towards themselves. And then that, like, because the personal development journey is a never-ending journey. So you're always constantly working on it. And there's always opportunities to grow. So it's just always forward progressing, which equals out to you never past regressing and desiring something. When did you get into boxing? I got into boxing at like the age of, I think, eight or nine. I got it. It was pretty early. It was pretty, pretty early. Yeah. And I was still doing that stuff when I was boxing. And that's what ultimately saved my life. Because, like I said, it led me to a greater purpose. So even though I was addicted to everything, if, 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 if fear was truly inflicted, and no matter what age you are, in any of these people's hearts, like, like physical getting harmed, fear, they would not, all those desires and vices would fucking leave there. That's why the prison system and all that is, is actually good, the militant place, because fear is always instilled within you. And your desires are just gone at that moment. Like, you don't desire shit. You're like, oh, shit. You know, like, something is really about to happen. And like I said, boxing always realigned with that purpose. Because, and fear doesn't always have to be the main factor of leading out desires from your mind. Working on your purpose does. That's why, that's why I've always loved boxing. Because that's what made me get off the couch was to work towards something greater. Like boxing. Okay. So when you help people, do you help like everybody or do you help like children who had like trouble past? No, it's everybody. Like I've worked with clients 50 plus and I've worked with clients like 17, 18. So it's like all ranges. But mainly, of course, I love helping people with their addictions and vices because I have the answers for them. And that's what I overcame myself. So. Right. Okay, that would be def- that would definitely be something good that you should do. Like, yeah. you know, help young people, especially now because it's really hard to get help for kids that are 18 when it comes to it, especially for addiction. Like, there's literally no help for addiction. No, no. And the thing is, it's influence. If you hang around the group of people, you know, yeah. you're about to your tribe. So the moment I started hanging around with that guy and the drug dealers and all that, that's what I became. You know, so since I'm, since I transcended myself and now all of my friends are around me, like I'm on their ass all the time about their fuck ups and everything. So that's what keeps them aligned, you know, because I'm around to really tell them and to be on top. And that's just all it needs. It's just that right group of influence, the right influence, of course. Right. How were you when you were young, like about 10 years, 10 years old? Oh, I don't even, I don't even know. I just always knew I was, I was just always violent. I was just always fine. That's all I remember. Like, even at, at daycares and stuff, I would just, I don't know, just a violent, violent kid with anger, massive anger issues. Massive anger issues. And I still have them. Uh, I just always wake up inherently negative 
and everything, but that's what I teach in my morning process and my program. It's like, it, it alleviates all of that shit. Like, that's why I go around preaching it because I wake up so negative in the morning, just want to like cut somebody's fucking head off. Like, I try to kill myself twice, so why do you think I won't take somebody else's life? Like, I don't, I didn't care about my own at once, so I don't, I don't care about yours either. So that's what it was back then. Of course, all my life is just based on helping others now. But yeah, and then that's just what I teach in my program. It's just transcending self past all those desires and vices and anger and depression because that's what saved my life my morning process without that i'm nothing right and that explains the boxing usually kids that have a lot of anger they put them in boxing oh 100 percent, man if i didn't have boxing it'd be crazy yeah yeah okay um so how do how can people keep up with you how can they catch up with you and follow follow you and learn about I know your program is online so how can they keep up with that right my program is just kimblefit.com is that's us on the safari and everything and then my instagram i always post on there every single morning i post my 2 30 a.m wake up and i haven't missed a post on there since like 540 days going i think so i'm just very consistent and uh loyal to my followers and my people because that's also who i love what changed my life. I mean, this is a forever going journey, but you can find me on there on, at Kimball underscore fit. Kimball underscore fit. Okay. So I usually ask everybody on my show, what would you tell your 17 year old self, but since you're only teen, that doesn't make sense. So what I'll do for you, I would go back and say, if 10 year old John saw you now, what would he say about you? Right. Well, I'll actually say the the 15 so heavily influenced on the life of crime. I mean, if he, if he saw me now, it would be, I mean, he would actually admire that because I've always admired a jacked individual with, you know, that can take care of himself, knows how to handle himself, fight and everything. But honestly, if I would tell that person, I would just say, just always work on something, like I said, forward progressing in the future so you're not past regressing on any depression in the past or forward projecting towards any future anxiety or negative narratives imaginary evils that'll never exist because ultimately that's what led you to do that shit in the first place you know 15 year old john was the idleness and the boredom that you caused yourself which ultimately led you to take the drugs um steal rob deal all of that shit so if you just stayed busy forward progressing towards your 10.0 version of yourself then you wouldn't have any of that shit right okay so um again i want to commit and i want to applaud you i'm very uh, proud of you for what you're doing of course uh, thank you. and i am going to, you know talk to my son watches this because I hope one day that he gets himself together. Like I said, I'm going to let him go on his own and hopefully he makes the right choices. He's heavily influenced by others at this point. Yeah, um, that's what it is. It's just that that influence. Like my buddy that I used to do that shit with, the one I was talking about. You know, mm-hmm. he's changed. Like, he's got his macros and everything dialed in. He's lost a shit ton of weight. and But he's still, when I mean, he's still dealing because I mean that's in their that's in their family that's runs in their family but but most people and when they go really down deep down that path like jail and the war and units and stuff they don't change like yeah. some, some of them do you know a few make it out 
you know, luckily I did, but I still keep tabs on people that I was in the uh, fight unit with, and some of them didn't, some of them keep going back and shit like that. But, I mean, anybody can. You know, I tried to take my life twice, I was arrested for multiple felonies and misdemeanors, and I'm supposed to be dead, so, and I'm here right now, you know. Right, yeah, my son, super smart, been gifted all his life, like, super duper smart, but mm -hmm. I think sometimes you get tired of being a smart guy and you want to be like everybody else. Right, when it's all that, yeah, that intrinsic internal worth, that validating yourself with your own habits and actions. Yeah. I don't give a fuck what anybody does in my school because I know they don't do what I do. They haven't been through what I've been through and they will not ever possess the habits that I, that I possess now. And then knowing that, everybody should think that they're better than everybody, you know, because knowing that, um, <clears throat> I mean, I don't, I don't really validate myself with their opinions. You, any any negative influence will not influence me because I'm so structured now with my habits. It all stems with habits. Your habits determine your future. Yeah. Oh, that's big. Yeah. I'm definitely going to introduce him to to your world, and I hope he picks up, and maybe he can get into some training because he's so scrawny. He can use some muscles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like 117 two years ago, so yeah. Wow, really? Yeah, now I'm like 180. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah impressive okay all right well thank you again so much and thank you for um everything that you're doing congratulations on all of your accomplishments uh all to the listeners that have followed make sure y'all follow john and keep up with everything that he has going on um and if the law says the same i will see you all next week bye-bye thank you <laughs>